Ladies and gentlemen, jesters and fools, gamers of all ages, welcome to Tabletop Clown Society, where we've sent the dragon home and the dungeon is closed for maintenance. This is a show where we try out different indie tabletop role-playing game systems by running one-shots for each other. My name is Florian Collins, my pronouns are he, him, and today there will be no ringmaster. For convenience, I am introducing the game. For this episode, I have with me one other clown. Introduce yourself, clown. Honk, I'm Ray Newman, they Z. So today's game is called Blade Slash Bride. It's created by Sumi3. The game focuses on two heroines who are meeting to either duel, get married, or both. The characters know what they are meeting to do, but the players do not. The basic rules of the game are as follows. Ray and I will take turns drawing cards from a deck, which will determine the story of these heroines. We start off using the cards to answer prompts, and then after that, the cards will be giving us prompts to answer. Uh, at the end, we add up the numbers of black and red cards to determine whether we are here to duel or marry, and what the result of that is. Our characters will be named and created during the game, so we'll skip character introductions for now. So we'll go straight to the clown die. Alrighty. The clown die is of unknown origin. My younger sister walked up to me and just gave it to me one day. It's a black and white d12 with the numbers 1 through 8, then a sad face, a happy face, and two clowns. I think it's a bad omen. Maybe it's good luck. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to roll for clown. Oh, it's behind my mic. We got a six. Uh, six is a number on cards. It is. Wow. Wow. <laughs> we, we tried with that one, gang. We, we, we really... Can't, they, they, can't, they can't all be winners. No. All right. So with that, we begin the tale of our heroines. first thing we do is we're going to draw four cards each that will determine where these two characters are at. <laughs> so you place the four cards face down in front of you. You get four each. We have two separate decks of cards because unfortunately we cannot be in the same place right now. Yeah, no, I I am too busy to fly the like you know 24 hours it takes yeah. to get to florian right now sorry yeah i went and bought a new deck of cards and i'm just hoping i don't draw like four hearts in a row we'll so see we got one two three four awesome so the first card is where are you uh and this is determined on the suit what suit did you get ray i got a spade <laughs> so did i Oh my god. Oh my god. I guess we're both in the same location. Oh, that's for boning. So spades is in a dark, narrow passageway made of stone smelling of bat guano. How does the darkness make you feel? I think my character is uneasy in the darkness. My character likes the darkness because it makes it easier to move without being seen. Nice. I'm going to start a note for true facts about Ray's character. True, yeah, yeah. True facts. Likes the darkness because it's spooky. Ooh. Yeah, mine, mine's uneasy because for that exact reason, it's easy to hide. Ooh. Second card is how did you leave your home? Spades again. I got diamonds. So diamonds is left through a portal made for one person only. Was it you or someone else? I think it was made for someone whose name is lost to time. Ooh, that's fine. Yeah. I got spades which is i left home under the cover of night while everyone i knew and loved were sleeping who are you saddest to leave behind i think her sister 
because she's got one now, apparently. <laughs> Whoa! Her sister is like twelve. Like she'll be okay. She's they've they've got their parents and such, but like, she said she'll leave her behind. Mm-hmm. The third card is what weapon do you carry? Ooh, mine is hearts. Mine is also hearts. Oh my god! So hearts is a longbow. Why does it not need arrows? That's such an interesting weapon for both of us to have. <laughs> mine doesn't need arrows because it uses rocks. It's a longbow that she's refitted as a slingshot. Yeah, my longbow doesn't need arrows because she has sharpened either end of it so she can just, like, stab people and cut people with it. It's just (laughs) a knife now, but, like, a really long and inconvenient knife. Great. (laughs) The fourth card is who is on your trail? I got clubs. I got hearts. Clubs is your childhood rival who has always known how to find you. Describe them. They are just like a girl that she went to school with. When they were kids, they said that they would get married. I see. They were like academic rivals. Mm, naturally. They know everything about each other. And then I've got hearts, which is your aging aunt, determined to stop you from doing something foolish. Describe them. I don't want to put an age range on aging. That feels rude. Uh- <laughs> 35. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, at tw- uh, at a ripe the ripe old age of twenty two. <laughs> don't say that. Our friends can hear. <laughs> Bobby's not here to defend themselves. Sydney, don't tell Bobby we said this. They're gonna hear it. Bobby doesn't actually listen to our podcast. Fun fact. Oh, it gets cut out. Only Sydney will know. <laughs> anyway, so her aunt, obviously older, as in like actually older, not in her twenties. Her aunt is a baker, and it's a long, like, family business, and everyone in her family is bakers, and she decided to sharpen a longbow and run off into the woods. So her aunt is pretty sure that that's a bad idea. And, you know, isn't exactly 100% wrong. They're like, maybe she's a little overbearing, but, like, eh, she could just be a baker. And instead, she wants to stab people with a weapon that's not meant for stabbing. Great. And the next part is now we make our characters. Name, age, and what they look like. I'm going to name my heroine Gwendolyn, but it's spelled really weird. Okay. Like G-W-E-N-D-O-L-E-N. Oh, it's got a, it's got a, it's got an E-N. Ooh. Yeah. Gwendolyn could very easily be anywhere between 16 and like 25, maybe even older. Definitely not younger. Um, She's got like dark blonde hair it's really curly but she's pulled it back into a ponytail while she's going through the tunnels her dress is like covered in mud at the edge um and it's torn off just above the knees so it looks like it was much longer she's got like tan skin she looks like she spent a lot of time outside but it's not like scarred or blemished so she was likely not doing any hard work outside she was playing in the sun yeah That's Gwendolyn. Okay. My character, I have named Cynthia Willisent because I'm dramatic. (laughs) She's in like her early 20s somewhere. You can can guess. Have fun. Is, you know, not that interesting appearance-wise. Picture yourself the like before image of everyone's tragic D&D backstory where their parents died. She's the before. She just looks normal. 
she's got kind of long black hair she keeps it tied up with a scarf so it doesn't get tangled in things and especially because we're in kind of weird smelling tunnels and you don't really want to put your hair in whatever that is yeah i did think of naming mine cynthia <laughs> what if we both rolled out with cynthia cynthia but they're spelled differently like one's with an s and an i uh-huh. so we got gwendolyn and cynthia they're so fancy Such fancy names the next part of the story is the first kiss So as these heroines travel to their final destination, they start thinking about each other. You know, how they know each other, how they met. So we are going to draw three cards. We're supposed to keep the cards we've already drawn, right? Yes. So set those in another pile. This one, instead of suits, this is done off of the card numbers. I got a two. Two is, what was the first meal that you shared? Which taste of that meal do you most associate with her? Did you say her family? They're bakers. Yes. So I think the first meal that they shared was just a loaf of bread and some soup. The bread wasn't great because Cynthia had made it. And Cynthia spends more time trying to stab things in the woods with her bow. So when she thinks of Cynthia, she remembers the like taste of slightly charred bread crust and the warmth of soup. Cool. And I have got an eight. <laughs> Oh, this is fun. When you have met her friends, they seem dashing and dynamic. Which of them makes you jealous? Clearly it is the childhood rival. Like, come on. Come on. Come on. Do we have a name for the rival or do we just like want to? The rival's name is Eunice. Eunice? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I like how all of our names so far could be in like a nursing home. Yeah. <laughs> These characters could be in their 20s, but they also could be 75. You also could picture these characters as our typical just old women. It's just old women again. It's just old women again. How do we keep doing this? I don't know. Anyway, so clearly it's Eunice that makes her the most jealous because Eunice has known Gwendolyn the longest and they know everything about each other. And she wants to know everything about Gwendolyn, but she can't because Eunice knows. And Eunice is a little bitch. I know nothing about Eunice. (laughs) I just decided that she hates her. Yeah. No, Eunice probably does because Eunice was engaged to Gwendolyn when they were young. Eunice was engaged to Gwendolyn. They promised to marry each other. And we might be engaged. Who knows? We might be. We also might be bitter rivals, which would also be a reason for Eunice to hate me. Yeah. Because I'm going to kill her fiance. We might be killing each other. We've definitely kissed. Who knows? We'll find out. Next card. Seven. She has a scar on her face from an old injury. What is its shape and how did she get it? So this actually happened while Gwendolyn was watching. She was she was watching Cynthia out in the woods stabbing things with her bow, and the bow broke and splintered into her face. Damn. It's So it's sort of like a series of small scars just going across her cheek where there was like a bunch of wood splinters, and Gwendolyn had to pick them out of Cynthia's face. It was very, very homoerotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as tradition, as tradition. So this is the second bow that she's decided to stab things with. The first yeah. one broke and she wasn't like, oh, this is a bad idea. She was like, no, fuck it. I'm going to do no, it again. No, I just again. didn't do it good enough the first I time. I just didn't do it good enough the first time. I got a two. Do I also? You put that back in the deck. Okay. If you draw more than one of the same value, you just. Got it. Nine. Has she ever sung to you, danced with you, composed poems to your beauty? 
How do the signs of her affection manifest? <laughs> See, the issue here is I don't know anything about Gwendolyn. <laughs> <laughs> she played in the sun a bunch and she picked splinters yeah. from Cynthia's face. What more do you need? <laughs> what more do you need for a well-rounded character such as Gwendolyn? So, they would dance together in the sun because she liked being outside and sometimes when there was like festivals and stuff in Gwendolyn's town, they'd go together and they'd spin around outside because they liked listening to the music together. Yeah. So, this is the last card and it's ten. Her speech has a curious quirk about it. Describe it and how it makes you feel. Cynthia's got a bit of a weird accent that you just can't exactly place. She's got some weird vowels going on. This is a personal attack. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Ray. Come on. She also talks never in a consistent volume. She's either too loud or too quiet. For the sake of audio recording, I will not be replicating that if I ever speak. Yeah. She's not like yelling. It's just like projecting when she probably doesn't need to be. She's always whispering when everyone does need to hear what she has to say. Okay, and for my last card, a five. Her hands show clear signs of her occupation. What is it? Oh, hmm. I don't think Gwendolyn really has an occupation. Gwendolyn's family is, I think, more well off so she can get away with going and dancing in the sun all day and just kind of existing. That's also kind of why her skirt is torn off as opposed to like tied up. She was just like, clearly the only way to get the skirt off my feet is to get rid of it. <laughs> and it's also why she's a bit more wary of the dark. Yeah. Because she's not used to doing things in the dark because her parents are rich. Assigned rich parents, Gwendolyn. Yay. Define that as you wish. Well, she went to school. Yeah, she went to school. She had an academic rival. Rich people love academic rivals. Rich people love homoerotic academic rivals. Gwendolyn was just really intrigued by everything uh, Cynthia did because she doesn't know how poor people act. Mm -hmm. She's like, wow, soup and bread. This is so <laughs> out there. Where are the five <laughs> courses? So now describe your rival. The person who has intimate knowledge of all of these things with or without you knowing. Are they jealous, angry, or just cruel? So that's your aunt and my childhood rival. <laughs> We've already described Eunice. <laughs> so Eunice. So Eunice. Eunice was Gwendolyn's, you know, childhood academic rival. They went to school together. They're both from very well-off families. Gwendolyn was a bit more of like a free spirit and Eunice was a bit more grounded to Gwendolyn specifically. I'm Manic Pixie Dream Girling this character right now. <laughs> Get Manic Pixie Dream Girled Eunice. No, Gwendolyn. Oh, Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn's the Manic Pixie. You know, she's a free oh. spirit. She dances in the sun. And she's intrigued <laughs> by poor people things. What's this? Oh, is it, oh, is it a musical instrument? I want to show you my favorite song on the musical instrument. You might not have heard it before. It'll blow your mind. <laughs> it's green sleeves. <laughs> Eunice is jealous. Because Gwendolyn moved on to Cynthia, and Eunice is still very attached. And then Cynthia's aunt, who I'm just going to refer to as Aunt Willowson, because, you know, she's just like an aunt. That's how she's fairy tales be. Why was it a fairy tale now? I don't know. So she's Aunt Willowson, and she cares because she cares about Cynthia, and also because Cynthia's the oldest of the like cousins and such so she's supposed to you know start off the next like generation of bakers and cynthia's in the woods 
with a bow stabbing things i honestly don't think that aunt willowson is jealous angry or cruel i think aunt willowson just doesn't really listen to what cynthia wants to be doing with her life because cynthia's being a little stupid she's she's got that spirit man of course of course she's just concerned she's just concerned so it does say now that we shuffle the cards back into the deck so just write down what cards you have drawn uh, and also note down what suit they are yep cool, cool. and a shuffle cool cool so the next section is flight after this one way or another you will never be the same again how have you changed in the past so we draw three more cards each my first is a king. What is your most heart-wrenching grief? What did it teach you about the world? Gwendolyn's most heart-wrenching grief was when she realized she didn't love Eunice. That Eunice saw her as a concept and not a person. Get manic pixie dream girl angsted, Gwendolyn. R.I.P. Gwendolyn. And it taught her people can be unfair. And it's what made her seek someone that would see her as a real person and feed her bread. <laughs> and, uh, and you need that charred bread. You need that charred bread. Nothing says romance like charred bread. Yeah. Okay, so I got a jack. What is your darkest vice? How strong is the grip that it has upon you? What have you done to fulfill it? I have not built a character that has vices. <laughs> I'll get there. I got it. Cynthia's, I think, darkest vice is that she wants to be rich. She wants what Gwendolyn has and likes, I guess, just taking advantage of that more. Not that, I don't know, maybe Gwendolyn cares. Maybe she doesn't. We'll find out because she doesn't really get that because she's in a large family of, they're fine. Don't, they're fine. But she would like more money and sometimes goes a bit out of her way to get that. It's not super strong she still cares for her family and everything but she'll take advantage of people more than she should to get just a bit of extra change to buy things for herself r.i.p r.i.p my next card is a five what is your favorite party trick what does your love think of it gwendolyn learned close-up magic and we'll just be like look there's a coin behind your ear to to impress cynthia I think Cynthia's most impressed when she's just materializing money because where did that come from? And probably finds it endearing. Yeah. My second card is a seven. In adolescence, friendships and enmities shift like the tide. Who of your childhood friends survived that storm and remains your confidant? Well, it's not Eunice. It's not Eunice. Eunice was not one of Cynthia's childhood friends. Eunice went to school, and Cynthia did not go to school. Um, Cynthia's childhood friends, she had a few, none of them, most of them not real close. There's one. He taught her, well, he gave her the knife to sharpen her bow, which kind of set, sets you on the path of how this friendship went down. They keep in touch by, like, mock fighting each other and such. It's a good time. It was actually this guy that Cynthia was fighting when she broke the boat. Yeah, no, they were hanging out with this guy. Um, the fuck is his name? Steven. We can't name another guy Steve. No, Steven with a PH. Stefan. <laughs> yeah, no, this, this guy. This guy's Stefan. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Stefan because it sounds funny. 
So apologies to anyone named Stefan. You <laughs> just got rid of all of our listeners named Stefan. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Stefan. She was fighting with Stefan and actually broke the boat, like, on his shoulder because he was wearing, like, fake armor he made himself because he really wants to be a knight even though there's nowhere near anywhere where he could be employed as a knight. He's just pretty sure he could become one, so he made armor out of, like, bark or something. It protected him enough where he didn't get stabbed through because she was swinging down with the bow instead of forward mm-hmm. like you would to stab something and it just shattered. Anyone that knows how weapons work? Shush. Gwendolyn was planning to have him become a knight in her family because she cared about Cynthia. Ow. My last card is an ace. Your childhood dreams faded once you turned into a teenager. Which of them was the most vivid? Gwendolyn? wanted to be a court jester um and then learned that uh that a court jester is actually very easily murdered but she still acts like a jester sometimes she's just a silly little guy she's just a silly goofy little guy yeah joker oh my god just like Gwendolyn. i'm a lot like joker no movies no movies cut it out (laughs) anyway when you look in the mirror it seems you can hardly recognize yourself if you were to meet yourself 10 years ago, what would she say to you? Cynthia from 10 years ago would be very upset with current Cynthia for leaving because Cynthia from 10 years ago was still pretty convinced that she could still be a baker and like be fine with it because Cynthia from 10 years ago was like 11. She'd just be confused. Don't know if she'd be upset. She'd just want an explanation of what Cynthia's doing now because she wasn't sharpening bows at age 11. Mm-hmm. Great. You have nearly reached where you must go. You can see it with your own eyes. How is your rival making their way here? And can they see it too? Uh, Eunice can't see shit. It's really dark in these tunnels. Aunt Willowscent actually doesn't know where the entrance of the tunnels are and is just headed to the direction she thinks Cynthia is going, which is, of course, where the tunnels end. So, you know, they'll be in the same location. She's just walking on foot, same as Cynthia. Eunice is running through the tunnels. Uh, She went into the tunnels with Gwendolyn before they discovered the tunnels together. So she knows where they end and she knows the quickest way to get there and she's hoping to cut off Gwendolyn or catch her in the middle. She won't. The next thing is the lay of the land. As you look towards your destination, you think of the message she sent you, telling you to meet her somewhere familiar, somewhere intimate. And we draw three more cards. My first card is a three. How often do you come here? What about it makes it perfect for a tryst? It's one of the first places that they ever went together, that Cynthia showed her. They've come here a couple times, and it's perfect because, as far as Gwendolyn knows, only Cynthia knows how to get here. Cool. I have got a six. What has this place been in the past? What were your plans for it in the future? The place where they're meeting up is into like the woods a little bit. It's through some tunnels, but it's in an open area. The tunnels just lead there. It was just like a meeting ground, a place for kind of smaller gatherings, not like parties, but for like a group of people to sit down and talk about something. There's 
a circle that has remnants of several fires that have been lit there over the years. Her and Gwendolyn have lit some there as well to talk to each other into the night past the time it got dark because you can go back home because there's the tunnels. Gwendolyn didn't like staying out late because Gwendolyn doesn't like the dark, but they've been out here a couple of times. She hoped they could keep meeting up there into the future. Cynthia's not one to have a real strong plan for the future. She just knows she doesn't want to stay where she is. Oh, Joker from the Batman comics. That's not a movie. <laughs> when you told her you loved her, it was here that you did it. How did she respond? Was it in kind? Uh, the first time that Gwendolyn told Cynthia she loved her, it was not entirely serious. It was because that's kind of how Gwendolyn is. She's just like, oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. But Cynthia, I think, responded so shockingly, genuinely in kind the that was the first time that Gwendolyn did love her. No. I hope they don't die. Oh no. <laughs> My next card. Ace. We have how long have you known about this place? Did you discover it yourself or did someone show it to you? Someone did show it to her, was her aunt. Her aunt met up with some of her friends here in her youth and thought that Cynthia would like to have a place that's a little bit separated from the family, but still isn't fully out of town. Just have a place a bit to herself. She hasn't shown any of Cynthia's younger cousins or siblings yet. She will in time. My last card is the other Joker, so I'm going to put that back. Dude, we're being haunted by the Joker. Nine. Today, you approach this place in a way you never have before. How do you normally get here? Normally, they're walking in from Cynthia's house. They're using the tunnels today because they want secrecy, which isn't really working because Eunice knows the tunnels. Fucking Eunice. Fucking Eunice. Okay, and for my last card, four. How far do you have to travel to get here? Is it convenient or is its inconvenience part of its appeal? It's a bit of a walk, about 15, 20 minutes or so. It's not too far because it is just right outside of town and it's summer people would go off and so the trail is kind of you know when people walk a bunch on one spot and the grass kind of gets squished down and there's just dirt it's yeah there's a name for that yeah oh god it's like path of something path of least resistance no no <laughs> sydney if we don't remember and you do just put in a little note here that's like hey sydney here they're trying to figure out this word hey sydney here welcome to my word corner they were trying to figure out the phrase desire path. Now back to the episode. Anyway, she is going through the tunnels today, but above there is a path through the forest to get to the location, which is what her aunt's taking. Great. Now we give this place a name. Describe its entrances and exits. Consider it's named Willison Grove. Oh, that's cute. It has many other names. But that's what Cynthia's family calls it. Mm -hmm. So that's what Gwendolyn and Cynthia call it. There's not exactly defined exits or entrances, considering it is in a forest. Mm -hmm. You can kind of just walk trees. up to it if you know where it is. There's a couple tunnels that they're traveling through right now that lead directly to the grove because it would be easier to travel there. There's like a well. You could climb inside of the well. You can climb inside of the well and go through some mysterious tunnels from another story that we're not telling here mysterious tunnels but not the ones we're using but not the ones we're there's a lot of tunnels in this town guys it's a problem and the last set of prompts enemy 
Your rival has always been here, always on the outside watching you, always waiting for their chance. To do what? Now we draw three cards. My first card is an ace. Your rival has seen you two together, speaking softly to one another. What did they overhear? Fucking Eudis! I do like how we've just decided that Eudis is like a full-ass character in the art. We're just like, nah. <laughs> yeah, it's an art. Yeah, it's a member of the family. But fucking Eudis. Eunice was actually watching that time that Gwendolyn said, I love you. Gasp. And that's what she overheard. Intrigue. And Were they engaged at the time? No. 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 Cynthia and Gwendolyn met after Eunice and Gwendolyn had a bit of a falling out. I see. Okay. After they broke off their childhood fake engagement. Eunice saw that and saw for the first time Gwendolyn actually looking at someone with genuine love. Something that she'd never gotten. I feel bad for Eunice. Don't feel bad for Eunice. <laughs> don't feel bad for Eunice. She might murder someone. I don't know. That's true. Anyway. My first card is the Joker. Your rival loves you, truly, madly, deeply. Your rival hates you, profoundly, obsessively, endlessly. Which of these is true? Both? Neither? I feel like I've made a character that isn't supposed to be a rival at this point, but you know, I'm fucking committing. This is Tabletop Clown Society. We keep breaking games for the sake of nonsense. Mm -hmm. Aunt Willow said, love Cynthia because she's a part of her family. She hates what Cynthia, I guess, represents that people could leave and go somewhere else and she's kind of lonely because all of her actually new canon this aunt is divorced oh no (laughs) and her husband took the kids and left her so cynthia is kind of a stand-in and she doesn't she doesn't want cynthia to leave too just she hates that cynthia wants to leave the good ending is that they get married and they go and live with aunt willison yeah. The bad ending is you just kills them. The bad ending is you. <laughs> my next card. My next card is an eight. What does your rival's blood taste like and why do you know this? Hello? Okay, new canon Gwendolyn's a vampire. I'm kidding. Oh no, gasp. Gasp. She's not from a rich family. They're vampires. And that's why, that's why Cynthia's sharpening her bow. Oh my god, wait. we were in for the long con boys and girls and other yeah merry christmas merry christmas there's vampires plot sudden plot twist they're vampires (laughs) are they maybe you can't not now that i've said it like i have to these are uh special (laughs) <laughs> Gwendolyn is actually a reverse vampire. Oh, wait, no, she's canonically. That's why she's so intrigued about bread and soup. Yeah. yeah. Gwendolyn. Oh, no, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. She's in the sun all the time. We gotta figure this out. Gwendolyn's parents are vampires. Gwendolyn's parents are vampires. Oh. Eunice I is a see. vampire. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Gwendolyn's parents and Eunice are vampires. That's why you're sharpening the blade, because you hate Eunice. I hate Eunice. We did it. (laughs) 45 minutes into the episode, we declare that there are vampires. Welcome to improv, baby. Anyway, why do you know what Eunice's blood tastes like? That doesn't answer the question. Eunice tried to turn Gwendolyn. That's what happened when Gwendolyn realized that Eunice didn't see her as a person because Eunice's obsession with her was that she was obsessed with the way Gwendolyn acted in her beauty and wanted to keep her forever. <gasps> Eunice 
was like a recently turned vampire though. Like they were both humans when they went to school together. Gwendolyn's parents decided they really like Eunice and were like, vampire bride for our daughter. Did they forget that Gwendolyn wasn't a vampire? No, they were planning to later. Hmm. But Gwendolyn really loves the sun and they love their daughter. So they let her play in the sun for a little bit longer. Because they saw how good friends they were. And so they wanted Gwendolyn to have a friend forever. It's vampires. I was wondering when this episode was going to go off the rails. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, this was a weirdly steady track. Wow, it's what a, what a nice little lesbian love story vampire. Eunice is a vampire. <laughs> Eunice is a vampire. Okay, so anyway, for my second card, I've got two. Something in your rival's past has taught them a lesson they should not have learned. What is it? The divorce. Divorce. We've been over this. She learned a lesson that her family will not stay unless she makes sure that they do. So she learned kind of a false lesson. But, you know, Aunt Willison really cares. Mm-hmm. And she's trying her best. Aunt Willison. And there's vampires in this fucking town, man. Yeah. The bakers are actually really revered in this town because they put garlic on all of their bread so the vampires can't get it. And this is why Gwendolyn ate exclusively Cynthia's bread because her parents couldn't know that she had garlic. And Cynthia's really bad at making bread and keeps forgetting the garlic. No, the garlic is on top of the bread. I don't know how bread works. Don't come at me, bread scientists. You could, it's garlic bread. Fuck, I forgot about garlic bread. <laughs> how did you forget about garlic bread, Ray? <laughs> I can't wait for Sydney to be like listening to this and editing it and just be like, wow, this is actually a pretty on the rails episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Sydney. There's vampires. Ray forgets about garlic bread. <laughs> Anyway, Florian. My next card is a 10. I pulled all diamonds this section. A good sign. 10. Who else knows of the rival's feelings towards you? What do they feel about it? Cynthia knows. Cynthia's literally sharpening a bow to try and stake Eudas. And my last card is Jack. Who does your rival most want to impress? Why do you matter to that cause? Aunt Willowsent wants to impress the town. Because being respected makes sure that people care that she's there. And Cynthia matters because Cynthia, despite being a bad baker, is really well liked by the town itself. And it would look bad if she ran away from home because people might start thinking that Aunt Willicent did something to drive her away. So now describe how your rival arrives in the midst of your reunion. What is their reaction to your meeting? Eunice emerges from the tunnels like 10 minutes after Gwendolyn does. Did we say what time of day it was? I think we have implied that it's night because it's they're night. traveling through the tunnels and in the dark. And Eunice is a vampire. It's gotta be nighttime for her to show up. Otherwise, she just fucking combust. <laughs> she just, she emerges from the tunnels and explodes into dust. Oh, there goes Eunice. No, we don't have to worry about her, no. Um, Eunice is upset that they are meeting, possibly leaving forever. Gwendolyn is leaving forever in one way or another. And Aunt Willison arrives to the outside of this clearing and just looks around some of the trees that surround it. And she feels a little bit sad, but she's glad that her niece has found someone to be with. Aunt Willison probably sees them and goes, oh, they're not leaving. She's bringing home another another kid. Oh, oh, they're being gay. Okay, I understand. She's not leaving, they're just having a secret meeting to do something. Hmm? She's put off by a vampire emerging from the tunnels. <laughs> now, we shuffle the cards back into the deck, and now 
is when we find out what these characters are meaning to do. We draw one card each, one final card. I will add, just for the sake of our court of jesters, that there is a note in the text of the game that if you already know how the story ends, you can narrate it as you think it ends. However, this is more fun for us. So we're doing the cards. If you don't know how it ends, well, see, I don't know how it ends. I don't this either. Is vampire. There's now a lot of things could happen. A lot of things could happen. They're definitely in love, but mm-hmm. I guess it's whether or not Gwendolyn has turned to the vampire side. Mm. So one last card before we add our scores. Mine is a two. Mine is a nine. A nine of spades. Mine's the two of hearts. So how we determine what's happening here is we add up all the numbers on the red cards and the black cards. Face cards like Joker, Jack, Queen don't have any numbers and they don't count. So add the number on the card, right? Not like... Yes, number on the card. Okay. So my black cards add up to 31. Mine are 38. And my red are 50. So 38 plus 38 plus 31 is 69. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I am a child. And then verse, and you have 50 for red? Mm-hmm. So we have 69 and 75. Oh, no, it's it's per character. Per character? Oh, oh, it's per character. I thought it was total. Oh, damn. <laughs> so I have 38 black and 25 red. So I am here for murder. <laughs> and I am here for marriage. Oh, no. If your herons are here at cross purposes, however, the worst occurs. The one who wishes to profess her love is not expecting a duel, and the one who wishes to murder her love is not expecting surrender. Oh, that's interesting. The heroine with the higher number will survive the night. The one with the lower number will not. So that's what, a 50 versus a 38? 38, yeah. So, oh man. (laughs) We immediately made this so much more complicated by adding vampires. (laughs) (laughs) So Cynthia arrives to the clearing, convinced that Gwendolyn is a vampire now. <laughs> she saw Gwendolyn and Eunice together and jumped to conclusions and assumed that Gwendolyn is a vampire now. And Gwendolyn is here to get married. She's here because she wants to run away with Cynthia. Mm-hmm. So Cynthia gears up to stab Gwendolyn and Gwendolyn surrenders. And Gwendolyn goes, why? You know, but I love you. Cynthia is out of it. She just, quote unquote, figured out that Gwendolyn was a vampire, like, earlier this day. They were planning on getting married. Cynthia's the one that summoned her here. And someone told her that Gwendolyn was a vampire. It was Eunice. It was fucking Eunice. So Cynthia arrives because the town has a vampire problem, and she's really upset about it. But she can't live with that. So she goes to attack Gwendolyn and she's just not really saying words that make sense. She's just saying things about vampires being a curse on the town and etc. It sounds kind of like copy paste from something she read somewhere. She gets Gwendolyn in like the shoulder or something. Mm -hmm. Her aim just falters and she doesn't get it through the heart. Yes. And then Eunice shows up. And Eunice sees this going on and starts attacking Cynthia, who's probably quickly realizing that Gwendolyn is not a vampire because Eunice is weird and is probably saying shit like, how dare you try and kill her before I can make her my immortal bride? 
Cynthia realizes that Eunice is a vampire and changes targets. Because <laughs> she doesn't really want to kill Gwendolyn. I've had a terrible thought. Oh boy. Eunice kills Cynthia, like knocks the bow out of her hands, goes flying across the clearing. It's not a very sturdy weapon. No. Too long. Eunice is a vampire. She's she's going. Rah. <laughs> she's got weird vampire claws. You know how vampires are. Yeah. Pick your favorite vampire cannon. Cynthia's mm -hmm. bleeding out. It's dramatic. Eunice is very angry. From behind, the sharpened end of the bow goes through Eunice's chest and it's Gwendolyn. <laughs> oh my god. Cynthia's like bleeding out on the ground and she's just apologizing over and over as she, and it's like getting softer. And for once it fits the situation because she can't muster a louder voice. Gwendolyn's dress is now soaked with blood and mud. And she holds Cynthia as she dies. Ow. And when she's gone, gives her one last kiss. A goodbye. And she's dead. And the aunt's just watching. And the aunt <laughs> appears like, oh my god. The, the aunt is just like, hello, Gwendolyn. Would you like new parents? I've, yes. I've lost a child. Okay. And Gwendolyn goes and lives with the Willisons forever. Yay! This is not a happy ending. She buries Cynthia in in the grove. They just throw Eunice off a cliff or some shit. Yeah, I was gonna say, she just leaves Eunice to disintegrate in the sun when it comes up. Yeah. Her and Aunt Wilson watch it together. <laughs> that took a turn! Gwendolyn ends up marrying that guy who wanted to be a knight. Oh, the guy who wanted to be a knight? Yeah. Yeah, they have a kid and they name her Cynthia. Oh. Good for them. And the story ends. And no one lives happily ever after. So how was that, right? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, going into this game, I did not expect vampires to be the no. turn that we were gonna take. I don't know what turn I thought we were gonna take. Me neither. Um, I was kind of wondering, I was like, oh, is this gonna be like a standard game for once? And then then we decided that Cynthia is sharpening her bow to kill vampires. Then we got the question of how have you tasted your rival's blood? And it's like, yeah. well, fuck. They, they shouldn't have put something about blood tasting in there if they didn't want us to think about vampires. Clearly. Mm. It's a lot of fun. That's definitely a bit less intense than some other games that we've played. So yeah. if you're trying to get someone into like just the concept of tabletop, I would recommend that game because it's kind of just a step up from telling a story where you're answering yeah. prompts and making decisions with each other. So if you're trying to introduce someone to the genre, that was a really fun game. Yeah. The cards were a really interesting like addition. Yeah. You might not already have dice. You probably already have cards. The part where we didn't know what the characters were doing until the very end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that was really interesting to like, and also to discover the characters as it was going. Mm -hmm. I wish that we didn't have to kill Cynthia. Yeah, R.I.P. Cynthia. Fucking Eunice. Fucking Eunice. So sorry to anyone out there named Eunice. We love you. Our listeners named Stefan and Eunice. That was the guy's name, Stefan. Stefan, yeah. Shout out to our listeners named Stefan and Eunice. I'm sorry that we dunked on you so much. We love you. This is what happens when they let the two of us do something on our own. We start insulting our listeners. Yeah, get fucked listeners, actually. We hate you, we don't. Reminder that we were playing Blade slash Bride by Sumi3. You can find the game at sumi3.itch.io. It's pay what you want. I would like to threaten Bobby and Sydney to come back to the show. We miss you. 
please stop being on a road trip. By the time this episode is released, Bobby and Cindy will have indeed stopped being yeah. on a road trip and will be recording with us again. They will be. But you know, I can't think of a relevant vampire to threaten, so. We already did Twilight. I already did Twilight. Nicolas Cage. No. Nicolas Cage? Ooh, who's one of the people that isn't Brennan Lee Mulligan on um, LA by Night? Is Abria Iyengar on that? I don't know. Uh, Abria Iyengar. Just because we feel like it. Yeah, women. Abria, come on our show. Uh, if you want to reach out to us about coming on to our show, you can find us at Tabletop Clowns on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, because I refuse to change the name. You know what it is. You know what we're saying. If I said X, you wouldn't have any idea what we were talking about. Yeah, go contact my ex and ask him about Tabletop Clown Society. Yeah. Tell him that I'm a lesbian. Oops. It'd be like that. Don't. If you know my ex, don't do that. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I don't want to talk to him. Don't contact Ray's ex. Do contact us at tabletopclownsociety at gmail.com. <laughs> we also, you can find us in any of those places if you know the origins of the clown die or think you know. Any information is helpful. Give us a rating on iTunes. If you like the show, tell a friend. Support like that really goes a long way. Shout out Count Chocula. Count Chocula? Yeah, he's a vampire. On like cereal boxes for chips. Oh yeah. Hey, buy, buy, buy Count Chocula cereal. When it comes out, it's a Halloween cereal. Oh. Halloween is soon. You guys have bonus cereals. We don't have Lucky Charms or shit like that. Oh, damn. <laughs> anyway, bye listeners. <laughs> Thank you for coming to the circus. Honk. Honk. Hello and welcome to Best Left Forgotten, the deliberately uncanon and unofficial Forgotten Realms D&D actual play podcast. My name is Nathan Quadrio and I am your Dungeon Master. My name is Miriam Feats and I play Clarabelle Trollbleeder, the Dwarven Barbarian. My name is Jess Wolfendale and I play Flint Gullkind, the Gnome Druid. I believe we're the sacrifice. <laughs> I don't know no about the magics. Ladies and gentlemen, D&D is the greatest game. <laughs> Best Left Forgotten, released every second Thursday wherever podcasts are found. Let's get ready to <laughs> rumble! Are you thinking about college? Are you anxious about the transition? Worried about what you're going to study, where you're going to go? Well, we have a podcast for you. College on the Mind, where we are going to interview college students that have experiences and stories to share that can help you address and answer questions and concerns you have about this big life event. Please listen in.